0: What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA.
1: Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. I am Rob West. There's a cost to following Jesus. Our affluent Western lifestyle can make us complacent and unwilling to accept that cost. Today, I'll talk with Michael Blue about surrendering to follow Christ more fully. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, our guest today, Michael Blue, is the director of discipleship at the Ron Blue Institute for Financial Planning. He's also the author of the groundbreaking book, and I mean that, uh, Free to Follow, Discover the Riches of a Surrendered Life. And Michael, it is great to have you back on the program.
0: It's great to be here, Rob. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. And Michael, complacency, as I mentioned in the opener, is a real problem for us as believers living in the most affluent nation in the history of the world. Uh, But it's also a part of your personal story. So I'd love for you to begin there. Tell us how you came to realize that things weren't quite complete.
0: Absolutely. You know, I I think you probably... um, many of your listeners are familiar with my dad, uh, Ron Blue, but yeah. so I was blessed to grow up in a home where, you know, he taught me, if you will, uh, how to think biblically about money and finances. And so I learned all of the basics, and you could probably look at my, you know, accounting from a very young age and uh, all the way through when I was uh, a young adult, and I, I quote-unquote did it right. Yeah, And so I, I was if you will, I felt like I was living kind of a model lifestyle, but somewhere in my 30s, I realized that I was simply performing a task, and it really was not connected to anything I did. I was really rather empty spiritually. Uh, I looked like I was doing the right things from the outside, but inside my heart, I realized that I really hadn't surrendered to Christ. I really didn't know Him that well, uh intimately. I certainly knew a lot about Him, uh, and so I had chosen this life that was from the outside that looked really comfortable, looked really good, but on the inside, I really realized that I had no idea what it meant to follow Jesus, and it really mm. shook me up.
1: Michael, that's powerful. Uh, what was it that allowed you to realize that? Was it just an unsettled uh, part of your spirit? Was it a searching of the scriptures? Was it a combination of the two? What allowed you to uncover this?
0: It I think it was a feeling that, you know, we, we hear a lot in Christian circles about this abundance of life and, uh, you know, joy and peace and, and all of these things, even the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. And, and I was I looked at my life, and I, I really realized that, that what was there of those were performance, hmm. right? It wasn't necessarily an overflow of my heart. It was like I was attaching fake fruit to branches that looked like fruit, and I'd become really, really good at it. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of—I think I came to a point, Rob, where I questioned in my heart, of, am I just doing this because my parents did it, yeah. because I, I grew up around a lot of people who did it, or do I actually believe that the things that Jesus said are true, that He actually is the Son of God, that He actually paid the penalty for my sins? Uh, and so that was a huge, huge eye-opening for me. Mm. And one more thing, yeah. and I know this isn't really the topic of, of today, but... I had, a, I had a moment when I was actually preparing to preach uh, four or five years ago where I was overwhelmed by the grace of God in, in this way, and that I, have, growing up in a Christian home, always was told that my testimony was just as amazing as the drug addict who comes to Christ out of the gutter, et cetera. Uh, and I would say those things when I would talk, but I never truly believed it mm-hmm. until I was reading uh, the Lord's uh, prayer, the high priestly prayer before, in John 17 before he goes uh, to the cross. And he says to the Father, not one of these that you've given me have I lost.
2: Mm.
1: And
0: I realized that he says that before all of the disciples abandon him, before they do all these things. Mm. And it just hit me with a ton of Brooks that that I was totally lost, and it was only his work that did anything for me that saved me. And that was a huge eye-opening moment for me, where I, I finally realized very late in my Christianity, uh, really the grace of God that I had received.
1: Mm, Wow. That's powerful. Well, we're going to continue to unpack this today and look at what does it look like to actually surrender? What does that Christian life of surrender look like? What about all these passages in scripture? What do they mean? And does that mean ultimately we're called to live a life of austerity? Uh, That and much more with Michael Blue today as we unpack his book, Free to Follow, Discovering the Riches of a Surrendered Life. Beyond that, we'll take your questions. The phone number today, 800-525-7000. Stick around. When we follow Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim. We focus less on ourselves and more on God's Kingdom. In Michael Blue's book, Free to Follow, we're reminded to surrender everything to Jesus and follow Him. Free to Follow explores what the Bible says about money and possessions and challenges you to rethink the way you view and use them. Request a copy of Free to Follow with your gift of any amount to faithfi.com slash follow. If you enjoy this radio program, you're going to love all of the many different resources waiting for you at faithfi.com and the FaithFi app. You'll find powerful wisdom, free podcasts, articles, videos, and more. From leading voices such as Randy Alcorn, Howard Dayton, Ron Blue, and our own Rob West. Grow in wisdom and knowledge by connecting with a community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful stewards at faithfi.com or by downloading the Faithfi app. So thankful to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Today we're talking with Michael Blue about surrendering to follow Christ more fully. Uh, we're looking at his book called Free to Follow, Discovering the Riches of a Surrendered Life. And Michael, just before the break, you were talking about really this uh, unsettled spirit you had after growing up doing all the right things. I mean, you're the son of Ron Blue. You've read the books. You, I'm sure, talked about it at the dinner table. And uh, you were checking all the boxes in terms of uh, financial stewardship purely from a financial standpoint, but there was something in your spirit that said, perhaps my heart isn't aligned fully with God's best in this area, so take us into what you've uncovered. What do you believe the Christian life of surrender actually looks like?
0: sure it, you know and I do think that as I've grown in this, I've realized that truly this is a journey, and money is, is a way and one of the primary ways we work out these ideas in our life, but it had become kind of the the end instead of the means to the end for me. And I think that's yep. where I really struggled. So as I think about living a life of surrender, for me, it all begins with knowing God uh, and, and knowing that God is actually better than everything else. I think of Psalm 37, 4, it says, "'Delight yourself in the Lord.'" And He will give you the desires of your heart. And so the point of me following God is to, to find the light in Him. And as I do that, I believe that He grows my desire for more of Him, and He then fulfills that desire. And it is the reward for following Him uh, mm. above all things, for sure. And then the next, I think, attitude of kind of moving into this idea of surrender is once I know God, I move to a place where I can trust God. Uh, If I know who He is and I believe who He is, then I can move to trust that the promises He has for me in Scripture, the invitations uh, He has for me all over uh, the Bible and in my life begin to come to life for me, and I begin to be able to step into those. As my good friend and mentor Gary Hoke says, we don't really figure it out until we live it out, and that all comes uh, as we learn to trust God. And that trust then ultimately leads me into dependence upon God. So surrender ultimately begins with knowing God, moves to trust, but then ultimately it shows up in a way where I am looking uh, to His work in my life, looking to His work in the people uh, of the lives around me and total dependence on Him and realize that through Him is the only way things happen in my life and in the lives of other people.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. So is one of the primary disconnects here, Michael, that we can actually be dependent upon ourselves? We can build our lives and order our finances in such a way that we're really not depending upon God at all and and really trusting in ourselves and our portfolios? Absolutely.
0: It's such a dangerous part of, of our spiritual lives. And I think that's why Jesus talks so much about it. That's why uh scripture's really warned so much about this idea that uh, my my heart is is going to be attuned to kind of follow after money and what it promises but if i really look at the things i'm i'm looking at money to accomplish what i realize is is generally speaking those are things that only god can ultimately accomplish whether it is you know security comfort you know uh, success whatever these these things i'm looking for only God can ultimately fill those those holes. And so, yeah, I think uh, we oftentimes just look to money to serve the place that God uh, has said, that is my role in your life.
1: Yeah. You made a powerful statement a moment ago that our financial journey is one of the key ways God shapes our spiritual journey. So what does that then look like, that life of surrender practically on a day-to-day basis as we work out our spending and saving decisions?
0: Well, it's I I've come to kind of believe in this area that that money is important only so far. Like I, I must think about it um biblically, but I but at times I take money to just this um this level that's either too important of a role in my life or I, I just try to control uh so much uh, about money in my life. But I think practically speaking, for me, when I think about money, I, I ask is the way I'm spending money drawing me into a relationship with God? Is it, uh, is it demonstrating that he is worth everything in my life? Uh, and then how is it actually drawing me either towards him or towards the world? Um, mm. because what I, what I know about money and the treasure principle, which I'm sure you talk lots and lots about is where I put my treasure. That's where my heart moves. Yeah. And so if I understand that it's, it's not about, you know, looking Christian with my money or doing certain Christian things with my money, it's actually, this fulcrum, uh, as James K. A. Smith says, that, that moves my heart and my passions one way or another, then I, I begin to see, okay, if I spend my money on this thing, how is this moving my heart? Is it drawing me to desire more, covet more, want more of the world, want to look more like my peers, you know, value the things they, or is it Something that's actually drawing me to value the things of eternity, value God more, see Him as trustworthy, see Him as to, uh, someone who I can totally depend on in my life. And so my, my daily decisions, um, truly are, as I use money, spiritual decisions. Something my, my dad says a lot is just that right there that, you know, every spending decision is a spiritual decision. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that that, that really is true in that how I am using my money and spending it is drawing my heart spiritually either towards God or towards the world. Um, mm. And so it's, it's not that I would say, Hey, do a, B, C, and D. It's more of, I'm asking a question of how's this drawing my heart. Wow. Uh, and so you and I are probably going to answer those questions differently in different seasons of our life. Uh, and I think that's what's beautiful about scripture is that it it causes us to come before God. It causes us to be in community with other believers Uh, and accountability and and encouragement Uh, and as we work this out daily uh, as things change.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, Michael, I know you well enough to know that you wouldn't say you've arrived at full surrender, but obviously (laughs) this is a journey you've been working hard at. So what's the promise for our listeners? If they pursue this life of full surrender, describe what that will mean for them in their relationship and walk with the Lord.
0: You know, it's stripping off something that tends to stand in the way of our relationship with God for for most people. I'm sure there are people out there that do not uh, struggle in that way, but I think most of us struggle in pursuing the world and pursuing the things that that the world promises uh, above really God. And so when I am unwilling to remove some of those areas in my life, then I'm kind of cut off from this intimacy with, with the Father. And so I would say that you know, the the journey into surrender and what I experience in surrender is is a deeper intimacy with the Father hmm. and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a stronger and deeper desire to know him more. Just like I quoted Psalm thirty seven before, when I delight myself in him, he truly does give me the desires of my heart, which become more and more of him. And and I think all of this kind of leads us kind of back around to the things we talk a lot about of contentment and generosity, and those start to become fruits of our lives. Uh, They're not things that we struggle for and we strive for, but they actually become the natural outpourings where I'm more generous with what I have because I I kind of have it, my money in the right place. I'm actually content with what I have because my contentment rests in my relationship with God, not in my circumstances. And that's really the only place that we're ever going to find that contentment. And so I would say that, yes, I have not arrived, uh, but I'm learning more contentment. I'm learning more intimacy with the Father. I'm, uh, I'm desiring more and more to know Him deeply. And and I long for people to enter into that where they just are hungry to know God and experience Him uh, in and throughout every part of their lives.
1: Oh, it's powerful. Well, we've only scratched the service, Michael, so we're going to have to have you back sometime real soon. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, thanks for having me, Rob. That was Michael Blue. He's the author of Free to Follow, Discover the Riches of a Surrendered Life. By the way, you can get a copy of Free to Follow with a gift of any amount to FaithFi until the end of June. We're actually calling it the Free to Follow Package. Request it with any gift at FaithFy.com. We'll be right back. Hope for Zambia, empowered by Family Legacy, is a ministry providing hope to vulnerable and orphaned children in Zambia by investing into their spiritual, intellectual, physical, and emotional growth and well-being. Whether distributing 5 million meals each year to students or empowering them to graduate from high school and go on to pursue post-secondary education, we believe that when you educate a child, you change their world. Go to HopeForZambia.com to transform a life. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. For more than 30 years, they've been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including the short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. To Florida. Hi, David. Go right ahead, sir.
2: Hi, Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate the show so much. Well, thank you. Hey, I'm a retired public service uh, employee. I've got three funds that are managed by Mission Square Retirement. They're the uh, mutual fund in retirement. For the public sector, they do a lot of that work. And um, I've got three funds, one's a 457B with 133K and it. I've got a traditional IRA that I rolled over from my late my late wife. It's just 53K. And then a 401A with about 228. So a total of 414K in these three funds. They're really static. They're going nowhere with, like, minimal you know, percentage of, of growth at all. We were pretty risk-averse just for some reasons, but... My life, health issues um, a couple of years back. So anyway, um, I recently had a uh, discussion with the folks at Mission Square, and they did what's called the, like they were looking at a managed account option for me. They use Morningstar Investment Management as kind of like their subcontractors. Uh, I took their assessment and their risk analysis test, and it came back. They said, "Hey, it looks like I might be good for a balanced portfolio with a 40 to 59 percent in stock, and the rest in bonds and cash, etc." And Really, my question is: With the current financial conditions, um, you know, is this, is this a good time for me to, you know, get off the bench, if you will, and stop being so static and maybe get into a more balanced portfolio?
1: Yeah. What did you say your age was, David?
2: Um, I'm 66. Okay. But I'm not even drawing on this money, and I have no debt.
1: All right. And it's currently in the most stable investment option.
2: It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> The safest, yeah. It's like going nowhere. I'm like less than a percent of growth, like
1: 26%. Okay. And um, what is the total amount in this account?
2: 414
1: k Okay. And what do you think, or do you think you'll need to draw an income from it to supplement other income sources in the near future or at any point during retirement?
2: Um, at some point I will, but I, I don't see it before, uh, before five years. I mean i I'm looking at five years before I need to touch
1: any of this money. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, I mean I I think this is a good approach. You said that they're suggesting somewhere between forty and sixty percent in stocks and the balance in bonds. Yeah, for like
2: forty to fifty nine percent in stock and then in bonds and cash and the rest of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, at 66, that's a little aggressive. I mean, the typical rule of thumb is you used to take 100 minus your age. Now, because people are living longer, you do 110 minus your age. That puts your stock allocation at call it forty five percent your bond allocation at fifty five going all the way up to fifty nine percent you know nearly nearly sixty percent in stocks forty percent bonds that 's pretty aggressive for sixty six so i 'd probably stay around you know the more conservative end of that range, but yeah, you know taking advantage of this market being down your long time horizon you don 't need the money right now you maybe you've missed some of the downside on the market and now you you know you you put it back in not trying to time it but you know with this long term perspective that you know if the Lord tarries and you're in good health this money can last decades and 5 years from now you start drawing a reasonable income from it but even then you'd want some sort of growth component you know where maybe you're down to somewhere between 30 and 40% in stocks at age 70. Um, But for right now, having, you know, somewhere around uh, 45% in stocks, I think, makes some sense. But the bigger question is, you know, should you start taking a little bit of risk? And I think, yeah, that does make some sense given your situation, you know, as long as you're not going to get a statement when it's down, you know, when we hit this recession later this year and we retest our lows from last October, which we likely could, and that's going to cause you to, you know, pull it out and go to cash, and now you're locking in those losses. I mean, as long as you can stomach some of that volatility then and keep that long time horizon, then I think uh, I think that does make some sense. Very
2: good. That's uh, well, more of a confirmation. I wanted to run it by and get your take on it since you got such great wisdom. I appreciate it. And I I did take some of your wisdom before. I did buy two I-bonds as well for $10,000 each. So I that. appreciate it. Appreciate your advice on that
1: one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, uh, thanks for calling, David. All the best to you in this next season of life. Sounds like uh, perhaps the Lord's got a lot in store for you. So we appreciate you being on the program today very much. Kansas City, Kansas. Hi, Rhonda. Thank you for your patience. Go ahead.
2: I had heard one of your previous callers talking about TOD on their house and that prompted me to call because I'm currently in the process of setting things up for, you know, at the time when I would pass away. And uh, I have a house that has quite a bit of equity, which is pretty much all that I have that I could leave my kids. And I have three adult children. So my question is, is it possible to do a TOD of my house to all three or would that make things really complicated for them or...
1: Well, it's never a bad idea to talk to um, an attorney about this. Do you have a will already in place?
2: No, I'm. Uh, okay. That's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's your next step, and you can talk through all of this with that attorney as you put in place a will, perhaps a TOD, uh, as well as maybe a healthcare surrogate and a living will and a durable power of attorney, just so all the pieces are in place uh, for you to effectively transfer what God has entrusted to you, but also make some of those end of life decisions uh, for you and your family. Uh, what they will probably tell you to do is, yeah, a TOD would most most likely want to be done in terms of of dividing it with the TOD among those children so that when it passes, it passes to them as an inheritance. They each receive their part of the property as an inheritance. They get the stepped-up basis, so the the new cost basis for the property is as of the date of death, and as opposed to you quick claim, you know, deeding this over to them now before your death, which would then allow that uh, cost basis to transfer. So when they sold it, they'd have to go back to your original cost basis and pay taxes on it. But if they receive it as a part of an inheritance, they won't. The reason I would probably prefer, and again, talk to the attorney, about this, you go ahead and name them on the transfer on death is that if you leave it all to your son, then he's going to have to turn around and gift it to his uh, siblings. And I think you'd be better served uh, to go ahead and, uh, you know, do that as a part of the TOD now. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. So uh, do you guys have uh, kingdom advisors who are specifically
1: attorneys for things like this? Yeah, so we do have certified kingdom advisors that are estate attorneys, but there's certainly not as many of them. There's 1,300 in the financial planning and investment space, and there's a fewer number that are estate attorneys. So I would start by uh, doing a search, and you can limit that uh, search at our website, faithfi.com. When you click Find a CKA, by attorneys. If you don't find one in your area, then just contact any certified Kingdom advisor and ask for a referral to a godly estate attorney. Okay, sounds good.
2: Right. Thank you so much.
1: Very good, Rhonda. Thank you for your call today. We appreciate it. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to let you know that you don't ever have to miss a program. Just download our FaithFi app for your mobile device and take us with you anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Faith. And finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.